Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Like that Accomplishment voice. Coaching, where coaches lead and, and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com. Welcome to The Coaching Show with your host, Master Certified Coach, Christopher McCollum. And that is the voice of the late, great Dick Warren. Thank you, sir. And uh, this voice is Christopher McCollum, Master Certified Coach, because you have to say it that way. And your name is? Clarice Connolly. That's a nice name. I know. Clarice, what are, you, name. What, are you, what are you doing here? <laughs> I'm on here because A, I love podcasting, and B, I love coaching, and C, bringing all of the really powerful work some people are up to in the world and creating that awareness and spreading the education, the opportunity for people to be involved. And I'm out coaching other individuals myself. And how do we find you if we're interested in being coached by you or your voice? Uh, <laughs> empoweringwomen.coach. Empoweringwomen, plural, dot coach, singular. Got it. Uh, thank you. You're here to make me a better host, and you do, damn it. You do. Thank you so much. <laughs> and thank you, dear listener, for being with us today, because uh, there's like 50,000 of you. It's crazy. Thank you for finding us. We've moved over. We're going to be on accomplishmentmedia.com. Of course, you can always find us on thecoachingshow.com. What is it? Yeah. The thecoachingshow.com. Um, uh, or links from our longtime sponsor, accomplishmentcoaching.com. Tell me, uh, Clarice, what do you like about accomplishment coaching? When you think about all the coach training out there, what do you like about accomplishment coaching? Yeah, absolutely. This one's super easy. Uh, when I looked and started researching over three and a half years ago, mm. I wanted an in-person training. You know, there's so many out there that have like the weekend course, the online right. course. It's but everything's in virtual. person. Yeah. yeah, it's in person for a year. So you meet like once a month. It's over like 300 hours in person. Mm -hmm. You get a coach the entire time. You also get uh, access to a ton of tools to better serve your clients and yourself. The only program that includes coaching for a year, just yeah. as if you'd hired your own coach, right? right. Once a week uh, for an hour session. Mm -hmm. I love that part. Accomplishment Coaching is the home of the world's finest coach training program. If you're looking for the Oxford, the Harvard, the Yale, mm -hmm. the whatever Stanford that you think is the best uh, training available, well, they've got it at Accomplishment Coaching. As you said, more than double the number of hours required, more it's ICF accredited coach training training program mm -hmm. and uh, small groups in person right mm -hmm. so there's no place mm -hmm. to hide in those rooms you actually yes. do your own work while you're <laughs> learning to work best. with others and you know if you do want to coach inside of businesses you need a PCC essentially and mm -hmm. ICF, ICF has the yeah credential and when you do accomplishment coaching it literally parallels that so you can finish your program and also apply to be a PCC coach it's my amazing. favorite thing about accomplishment coaching is that you, my friend, you, you listening to us right here, right now, can go and observe their coach training program. It's not a black box. It's not a uh, presentation, you know, like where you go and you see their sales pitch. You could just go watch them do the work, and um, uh, you have to let them know you're coming. But uh, check it out. Go to accomplishmentcoaching.com, and let's see if we can remember all the cities. Ready? Six cities, five in the U.S., one in Canada. Ready? Go. <laughs> Washington, D.C., and New York City. There's Chicago, mm -hmm. and then there's Seattle, San Diego, and Victoria, British Columbia, Indeed. Canada. All right, check it out, accomplishmentcoaching.com. Uh, what else? We've missed, uh, we've passed our uh, conference season except for the Capital Coaches Conference, and we'll hear people from there. You and I, we owe our listeners to talk uh, about, uh, to talk with people from the 
uh, conferences we went to earlier this year, yep, both in got Pittsburgh, them all lined up. the ICF Midwest, and uh, the conversation among masters, conversation singular among masters, plural dot com, uh, uh, to check that out, which mm-hmm. is an extraordinary conference each and every year. What else do we need to talk about today before we get to our guest? We've got a great guest today for an entire hour. I'm so excited to I dive hope she's into interesting. this work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe if she's not in the topic, at least. Here's what I was thinking. If you want to do a zoo thing, like, hey, good morning, hey, it's good. It's four minutes after the hour. Um, if you want to do you that, do that. What the, <laughs> I should do something. Um, one of the things that uh, we should have on that show is great songs with only numbers in the title. <laughs> do you have any? N- no. Not even one? Uh, no. Eight, six, seven, five. 309. That's a good one. Good. Uh, 1984. Uh, 2002 by Anne Marie. Uh, anything? Nothing? Uh, this is falling a lot flatter than I thought it was. <laughs> okay. I, I really thought we had something here. All right. Maybe uh, you're the one. Is there a one in there somewhere? Nice. Okay. <laughs> we could do n- songs with numbers in the title. Summer of 69. What else? Great. And, no, I no no. I don't think that I'm the person for this. <laughs> Maybe our guest is. Well, as I used to say when I dated, I'm having fun. Um, okay. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, that's it. Coaching. Anything else? Coaching. No. I got to tell you, we've got some extraordinary pioneers in coaching coming up. We're going to have uh, Jay Perry, Patrick Williams, some extraordinary names and voices here. So stay with us in future programs. Speaking of great voices in coaching... Hallie McNabb is a professional certified coach who's also the current president of ACTO. What is ACTO, you may ask? I'm so excited to learn. It's the Association of Coach Training Organizations. You know all those, all those organizations that are training coaches or trying to out in the world? There's an organization. There's like an industry uh, 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 association of those, and she's the current president and has some extraordinary and far-reaching goals, but also is shaking stuff up over there. So I wanted to have her on. Are you excited? I am really excited. I think this is really important. I, uh, I, do you want to do the honors of introducing her? <laughs> yes, I would love to. You say that like you don't want to. No. So Holly McNabb is a professional certified coach and has been a coach in private practice since 2009. Almost at her tenure. How exciting. She's been involved in training coaches for most of that time and is a program leader for accomplishment coaching. She was instrumental in creating the Canadian subsidiary of accomplishment coaching, Accomplishment Coaching Canada in 2017, and starting the training coaches training program for the company in her beautiful hometown of Victoria, British Columbia. Past president of the Vancouver Island chapter of the ICF, current president of the ACTO, the Association of Coach Training Organizations. She's passionate about creating diversity in coach training and in the coaching profession and has made a very clear statement about her mandate this year at the ACTO conference. We're delighted to welcome to our microphone uh, Hallie McNabb. Hi. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. That's all? That's <laughs> I was so ex- except- I'm expecting. Pretty more. sure that your job is to ask the questions, and I will answer. <laughs> That's like coaching. I know. All right. Uh, let's start with people that don't know. I sort of, I sort of alluded to what uh, the Association of Coach Training Organizations sure. is. What, what's the purpose? What's it there for? Don't, don't those people all competing with each other? You would think it's a amazing organization. People 
uh, get often get it confused with the ICF. We're not the ICF, although we've been around for almost as long as the ICF. We're uh, because most of the people that began the ICF were coach trainers. Uh, the Association of Coach Training Organizations is specifically coach trainers, and they are the foremothers and forefathers of the coaching profession for the most part. And got things off the ground to make sure that this was a legitimate profession. And they also started this organization specifically for coach trainers because coach trainers are still the people who are gonna create the future of the coaching profession through training coaches and creating coaches and instilling in them the uh, ethics and the foundations of what a good coach is. And so ACTO is a global organization coach training programs from all around the world who stand for high quality coach education. So although a lot of the schools are ICF members, we also have members from the EMCC, the European Mentoring Coaching Council. We also have members from Asia uh, and other parts of the world, Africa. So we're uh, standing for that everywhere, not just in North America. So if so if I'm a coach, and I know there's been a lot of conversation if I like meet with a marketing person, they're like, what do you offer? It's like one-on-one coaching, group coaching, or like coach training. Is this like one of those places where if a coach decides that one of their package options is to be a coach trainer, they should go online and register for ACTO to be in the know, you guys train them? Like what is the capacity in which if you're someone just looking to start as a trainer inside of the coaching profession? Great question. Uh, yeah, we have members of ACTO are schools, but they're also individual trainers or educators who educate people in the practice of training coaching. Mm. So as sort of what you were alluding to, if you if you uh, don't want to associate with a school or you don't associate as, with a school, but you want to train coaches, uh, ACTO is a great place to rub shoulders with people who have been training coaches for many, many years. We offer services like ongoing education for specifically for coach trainers. Uh, we're putting together a series of trainer competencies and a course to go, to go with it. So what is a good trainer? Because a good coach isn't necessarily a good trainer. Uh, mm. uh, we have a code of ethics for trainers, which is often, and I know Christopher has often been involved in the ICS uh, professional practice review, ethical conduct review specifically. And as a, as a person adjudicating it, I just want to be clear, not because yes. I got a lot of complaints against me. <laughs> Let's make that clear. And you can corroborate my story if you wish, but okay. I believe uh, a lot of complaints come out of coach training mm -hmm. and uh, probably because that's where a lot of coach trainers and coaches are interacting with a lot of people. It's mm -hmm. a very active part of our profession. And uh, so we specifically have a code of ethics for coach trainers. Um, and so it is a great place if people want to get into the education of coaches and do it well mm -hmm. uh, to make sure that they're in association with other coach trainers who have a lot of experience. So, so they, um, they would go online to the website actoonline.org and get involved that way? They can sign up for a membership that mm -hmm. way. And as soon as they sign up, we do have a program where uh, somebody from the membership committee would be in touch and find out what they need. And 
we usually buddy them up with another school that has been in practice for a long time and just we have a conference every year which is a wonderful wonderful place to network and meet people and further to Christopher's question about aren't these people in co co <laughs> competition yes it's one of the wonderful things about acto and it's a word that we coined many many years ago called coopetition which even though these trainers in theory could see themselves as being in competition it's a wonderful community of coaches who just love being in community with each other and supporting each other the competition doesn't exist in our community it's amazing it's people are willing to share with each other move things forward uh, talk to each other about what they're up to and the competition aspect just is invisible so yes we are in theory in competition for the same students but we all have slightly different ways that we do that and we believe that students are going to choose the program and should choose the program that's right for them, the best fit. Although so, I think we all know the best one. I'm kidding. Um, the We should let our listeners know that you're not currently under attack. What is the noise that we're hearing? <laughs> yes. I am currently getting my roof redone. So occasionally you will hear some banging and thunking. And mm -hmm. that is my diligent roofing crew doing a great job and nearly being done. <laughs> <laughs> so, I get I get the sense that they're taking a little too long. Do you get that sense, please? <laughs> You're doing a very, very, very good job. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's go back to uh, what are some of the... You said, uh, you know, part of the function of ACTO is to deal with the important issues in coach training. What are, in this uh, year of our Lord 2018, what are some of the coaching issues or the important issues in coach training? Well... There are many, and one of them that we support a lot of schools with is accreditation. Mm -hmm. And um, the importance of having an accrediting body, how to get accredited. Uh, and are we talking about ICF accreditation or EMCC or what? Any accreditation, mm -hmm. making sure that they have um, a body that is overseeing what they're doing. It's not just them out on their own. Mm -hmm. that they have a system uh, of ethics, performance, a way of reviewing their curriculum and making sure that they are training to some sort of standard. And I think that there's a lot of coach training organizations out there that um, are kind of doing their cowboy thing on their own. And for, for us at ACTO, we believe that uh, having some form of oversight is a critical part and it, I think it's sort of in keeping with the uh, philosophy of coaching is that we can't see our own blind spots right. and that it's so important that we have other people a coach for example who can reflect things to us and offer things to us that in cooperation in partnership we would never see ourselves and we're always always and this feeds into my other passion right now diversity we're always always going to be better as more than one person and more than one system of values and curriculum point of view so, yeah so accreditation diversity what other important issues in coach training are you dealing with or looking at um well i mentioned a couple of them one of them is to make sure that 
you have a way of vetting and training your trainers mm-hmm. so that it's not just because somebody is a great coach that they would necessarily be a good teacher or trainer that you have a way of instilling certain skills or ensuring they have certain skills to make sure that the training is getting to the people who need it so training the trainers is another aspect um community is another huge one i know that accomplishment coaching at accomplishment coaching community is a big big deal and sort of ironically as a profession coaches can be it can be somewhat isolating mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah absolutely We're talking to people all day mm-hmm. uh, it's really really important as coaches and as trainers that we have other people um to be with and talk to uh so community is a huge thing that we provide at acto ethics making sure we have a place to check in with to make sure that what we're how we're training how we're interacting with our students is done to some sort of ethical standard uh, what are the standards how I sh- how should I be um, carrying myself interacting with students or not interacting with students all of those kinds of things are big issues in coach training um, and and on a more sur- superficial level like how are you finding your students what are you doing to market your school I look under stuff yeah. <laughs> and so, um, and people change, and people share that they're like, "Oh, here's how I get my students," and then other people yeah. can just follow suit. They don't. They wish. Hide yeah. Their, and, okay. and you know, what do you do with social media? And I don't understand this. And yeah. you know, big, big buzz topics right now: neuroscience and how do you incorporate that into your training? Uh, diversity. How do you deal with that in your training programs? Um, how do you encourage more of it? How do you encourage conversations that allow people to show up fully? And PCC markers, which is something that any coaches out there who are doing training are very familiar with, how do we do that? How do we get our coaches and, and assessors trained? And what does it mean? Let's and, talk Let's talk about that and drill it down. Um, forgive me, I'm going to interrupt you a little bit more so that we can get more sure. in today. Um, PCC markers. This is something that uh, those of us in the coaching profession have heard something about, but most people know nothing about it. Uh, sure. Tell us what they are and why they're important, and are they really going to happen? Because it feels like it's taken forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's basically what it is. Uh, is a new way of assessing coaching at the PCC level. Mm, the ICF okay. um, recognized this is a very subjective process assessing coaching and something that the ICF is passionate about is that having an oral performance exam some of the other associations out there have um, just gotten away done away with the idea that they have the manpower and the capability to assess everybody uh, actually actually assess their coaching but the ICF is very very passionate about the idea that we can't assess somebody's coaching without assessing their coaching. (laughs) We can't do it with a written exam. Mm -hmm. So, but it's obviously a very subjective process. And the PCC markers were a way of revamping how coaching, just at the PCC level right now, is being evaluated. So by the ICF assessors, by assessors in coach training programs, uh, any accredited training program is actually assessing coaches at the PCC level. So they were noticing that there was a lot of variety, variation in how these assessments were coming through. 
And so they wanted to do something to make that more aligned. And so the PCC markers are a more measurable way of assessing a coach's performance. The, the competencies, the core competencies haven't changed at all. There's, they're the same core competencies. What the markers are is a way of assessing a coach's performance of those competencies in a more objective, measurable way. Okay. So it's like a person that listens to your coaching and then gives you the marker? Um, well, the markers are the system. Got They're the, the, the actual measurable objectives. Okay. And an assessor is somebody who uses the PCC markers to do an assessment of coaching session. So it's so it used to be that we would listen and we would say, oh, that's and then there were some criteria sort of kind of developed, I think, mm -hmm. school by school about, oh, what is uh, coaching presence, for example? What's a five? What's a you know, and the volunteers, I think, that developed the original core competencies tried to give some general pointers. We won't call yeah. them markers, but general pointers along the way. But we developed, and especially within the culture of each coach training school, the idea that uh, this is a five and that's a seven and this is a three and that's a ten, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody ever gets well, a ten. the numbers in most schools would say, and ICF would say, this is ACC-level coaching, this is PCC-level coaching, this is MCC-level coaching. A lot of them don't use numbers, and the ICF doesn't use numbers, but I know accomplishment coaching does. Oh. So. Yeah. Okay. So the the yeah, what's what level it is? But mm -hmm. now we're talking about bringing it into more of a an objective. Like I think they're trying to even go for ISO certification or something, right? Mm -hmm. Like this is what is required for PCC level coaching, and it's either there, it's either present, or it's not. We either heard it or we didn't hear it. It was in the session or it wasn't in the session. Is that right? Am I picking up what you're laying down? Yeah. Yeah, there's 44 different markers in oh, wow. each of the competency area. So 44 total in competency areas like coaching presence, trust and intimacy, all the same competencies are still in place. And yeah, each of those 44 markers is either demonstrated to a level that we think they get it or it's not in the session. So, so you got so each session is evaluated on 484 points, 44. You said 44, but they're for each of the 11. No, no, forty-four no. total. Forty-four total. So four for each. Don't mess with me. Like it's this. not evenly. <laughs> I know. I understand math, but you know, it's I became a coach, so I didn't have to. Yeah, it's, not, it's not evenly divided between the competencies, <laughs> and nine, ten, and eleven are one grouping. They need to. They need to redo this. I can tell already. Oh, <laughs> it's not even. <laughs> so it's Stupid. two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and then nine, ten, eleven are one. <laughs> Well, and, uh, that's actually not wrong. I've always uh, evaluated 9, 10, 11 together because they impact each other. That's good. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so PCC markers, critically important. Mm -hmm. People don't know about it. How are they finding out about this? I know. Let's share. Let's get them there. Um, well, this, back to your earlier question of will this ever be a thing. Do you need uh, an aspirin, by the way? Because that's a lot of banging. <laughs> <laughs> the timing could have been better. Yeah. But um, Can you pause now? Thanks. Go away. <laughs> the ICF has bitten off a large bite, and what they have in front of them is training all the assessors at all the schools so that we are all tr 
assessing in the same way. Mm. They and have already trained all their internal assessors who are using these markers to assess coaching that when you submit a call to the ICF. Um, and I think it's just taken longer than they ever anticipated to get everybody trained. So there's no date yet by when we have to be using the markers, mm -hmm. but they're slowly getting as many trainers as they can trained and they're sending out notices to coach training schools starting with the ACTPs. I believe they're starting, I know they're starting to train some of the ACSTH programs as well um, and inviting people, the schools that are accredited by them and approved by them to get their assessors trained. And eventually all of the assessors will be trained in this new system of assessing. Like music to my heart. That is amazing. Okay. It's a big job. It's yeah. a huge uh, undertaking, especially when you consider a lot of different languages. So mm -hmm. imagine learning this new way of evaluating uh, in a language that isn't your first language, which mm -hmm. I can't even imagine, and also developing the training in multiple languages as well. So it's a huge undertaking, and um, they're going about it methodically let's just say slowly i think that means slowly um okay the uh <laughs> we got a lot to talk about we're gonna take a break but i want to give you a chance so so my thing my um pet uh project in coaching my idea of what needs to be addressed in coaching consistently and reliably forever is ethics and the training, I think that I was shocked to find out a few years ago that zero of the coach training, I think one of the coach training organizations, at least the ones at ACTO, had a module, one module on ethics. And now more and more we're seeing more modules pop up around ethics. Will you give me, uh, in the next two minutes, uh, some sort of hope that we're doing better <laughs> in our training of coach ethics for up, uh, upcoming coaches? Yeah. Um, I think it's one thing that the, well, the ICF has required in terms of ongoing education, they now have a requirement for ethics, um, used to be, be core competencies and, uh, resource development. Now you have to have a certain number of hours to renew your credential in the schools, which is what you're asking about. Um, ACTO is actively with the new code of ethics that we have, we're also putting together ethics modules that schools can use to draw from to develop their own uh, modules if they're having any challenges with that. So pooling together what different schools are already doing in their school and putting together resources for other schools who may need some support in developing their own. What kind of resources? Like modules? Like trainings? Like Yeah, uh... this, is what, this is what we do in our school and allowing different schools to pick and choose and put together their own ethics module based on what other schools are doing and ideas that they like uh, or be a fit for their school. Um, and uh, we also are, you, you know, we're putting together a ethics review committee as well. And that's not so much on the education side, but on the enforcement side. So making sure that the schools know that we're a resource for them in terms of ethics at their school. But I think more importantly and more proactively is to make sure that the schools are educating their students. And um, part of the accreditation process is they have to be 
training a certain number of hours in the program mm -hmm. on the code of ethics, ICF's code, that's ICF. Um, so I love that. It's like putting a standard in where there isn't very much or is none. That sounds mm -hmm. incredibly important as well. Mm -hmm. So we're um, we're going to take a break, but I want to make sure that people know how to get a hold of uh, you and ACTO. So ACTO is at actoonline.org. Is that correct? Correct. And how do we reach you, Hallie McNabb, PCC? <laughs> Whoops. I couldn't hear oh, her. Could you? Out. But we'll find her on powerforlifecoaching.com. .ca and we'll let her explain more about what to find on that website. Great, and you have to spell it out, F-O-R, powerforlifecoaching.ca. We'll be back with more with Hallie McNapp right after this. Are you seeking to change your career to something that is both fulfilling and challenging? Do you want to help people reach their full potential and strive to achieve their dreams? Would you like to inspire those around you and help create a better world? If you're serious about a career change or just want to explore the craft of personal coaching, contact Accomplishment Coaching with locations across the country in Washington, D.C., Seattle, Chicago, New York City, and San Diego. Accomplishment Coaching is the leading institution in personal coaching. Our staff carefully monitors the entire program live during the training process and have met the standards of ICF International to achieve accreditation. Through a focus on quality instruction rather than endless modules of training, Accomplishment Coaching will guide you from your very first step all the way to becoming one of the finest coaches in the world. Visit AccomplishmentCoaching.com to learn more. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. Christopher McAuliffe is your source for the latest in the world of personal coaching. Whether it be speaking with such luminaries as Deepak Chopra or getting the newest techniques and innovation, the coaching show is always on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Tired of presentations with no impact, no inspiration, and no traction? Do dull speakers have you and your team disengaged and distracted by smartphones? Christopher McAuliffe brings energy, insights, and two decades of experience delivered with punch, humor, and heart. Your team will leave energized, uplifted, and with a sense of purpose. Visit ChristopherMcAuliffe.com to bring some heat to your next speaking engagement. M-C-A-U-L-I-F-F-E. ChristopherMcAuliffe.com. Gotham Books presents Marriage Rules by Harriet Lerner. The book Martha Beck calls, Required reading for anyone hoping to interact successfully with any other human, not just for those in romantic relationships. Get your copy wherever books and ebooks are sold and visit harrietlearner.com to learn how to change your marriage today. The Coaching Show is brought to you by Accomplishment Coaching, home of the World Finest Coach Training Program. Here is Christopher McAuliffe, Master Certified Coach. I just adore that. And just adore that. I can't get enough of that. All right. We're delighted to continue our conversation with Hallie McNabb, professional certified coach. She joins us from her palatial mansion in uh, Victoria, British Columbia. She, Hallie is the current president, among being among many honors, and being a coach trainer herself through accomplishment coaching, as well as uh, having her own coaching practice, which you can find online at powerforlifecoaching.ca. That's power for uh, F-O-R, life coaching. You can also, um, she's also the current president of the Association of Coach Training Organizations, known as ACTO. You can find out more about them and their work at ACTO Online. That's A-C-T-O-O-N-L-I-N-E dot O-R-G. That's ACTO Online dot O-R-G. Ms. Clarice Connolly is right here. What would you like to uh, talk about? 
I'm really excited to expand on diversity. I'm very interested to see where this goes and to learn more about how we can play our part too. Great. That would be a question for you, Holly. <laughs> I don't think she wants me to answer it. I'm pretty sure there wasn't a question at the end of that. Middle-aged, middle-aged white guys do not answer questions about diversity. <laughs> so share with us about the work that you're doing and with diversity instead of coaching. Okay. Well, the first, the first thing uh, is the word diversity <laughs> and knowing what words to use so that people will understand what I'm talking about. And to some people get triggered by certain words because they're not uh, edgy enough. And some people get triggered by certain words because they're too confronting. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to use words like diversity, power, privilege, rank, culture, Uh, Some people use words like oppression, racism, sexism, uh, all the isms out there, and all of it is what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, And what I'm passionate about, uh, and I think this comes, my my background is in engineering, and as a woman in engineering, uh, one of the things that was impressed upon me very early on in my engineering career was how important it was and how critical it was to we need all hands on deck. We have a very complicated world. I think VUCA is the current acronym, volatile, something, something, VUCA, it's V-U-C-A, look it up. I don't, I can't ever remember all of the words. What, but, what, <laughs> what are you talking about? You're just blabbering <laughs> letters now. Yeah. This is not good. I'm sorry, so let's go, let's go back a step. So diversity, you, you started by talking about the words and then I think we got lost. So okay. take me back to, What's the issue with diversity in coaching or coach training? What's the basic, give me the basic, like, you know, words of one syllable, because I'm not a brilliant man. Um, my, I'm going to use the word invitation instead of issue. Some people would use the word issue for sure. We're back to uh, words. <laughs> Being PR. That PC. PC. The coaching profession currently is pretty monochromatic in terms of race, socioeconomic representation, language, geography. Although we have coaches all over the world, it's still a very white profession and it's still very focused on a certain, most coaches and most people, consumers of coaching are still very focused in a fairly narrow band of our world. Mm -hmm. Really clear. the opportunity is massive. I'm, I don't want to evangelize coaching, but there are so many people in the world who would so love to be involved in being coaches and being coached that currently are not accessing it because it's not something that's being presented to them as an option or it's not seen as an option because people that look like them aren't in this profession. Super clear. Thank you so much. Now I get it. A uh, coaching profession doesn't look like the world, and there are people that aren't getting served by coaching that could be. Did I pick up what you were laying down? Mm-hmm. Yes. Great. Thank you so much for being a stand for that. And why do we keep getting tangled up in the language? I'm, I'm asserting that this is not a you thing, but a, an issue of diversity. Yeah, I think it's also a very, it can be a very confronting topic. We're, I, you know, I was born in the 70s, and as I was growing up, the 
most important value that was instilled in me was the best way to approach issues of difference was to pretend you didn't notice them. So we've developed a whole um, generation or generations who don't have a language for it because they were taught not to talk about it. Because that was how you best honor difference is if you didn't point it out, you didn't notice it, you certainly didn't talk about it. And so I believe that that's created a whole bunch of words and language and topics that are completely taboo. Let me, and, I, I appreciate so much what you're saying and I'm getting excited, so I'm going to interrupt you. Please let me know if that becomes an issue of, <laughs> of domination excited. or suppression. Or, oh, for God's yeah. sake. <laughs> so here's the thing. Um, I fumble. I, I guess my, my real question is, is it important for us as coach trainers, as coaches, to shift our language for example, I notice, you know, I was trained, I'm one of the original grammar police, right? I was trained in the strunk and white, like the rules, there's rules to this game, people, and you got to use your language correctly, English I'm talking about. And um, when we do, then it's his, her. But in people who are well-trained in diversity, it's there. Now, to me and my ear and my generation, that's grammatically incorrect. However, it's politically correct because it's a non-binary gender reference. Is that accurate? Mm -hmm. Now, tell me about that and why it's important in coach training. Because, you know, I want to, like, uh, whip out my strunk and white and wave it in the air and tell people about language rules. What am I missing? Oh, well, I think the depending on your audience. I mean, you may have noticed that this trend for people to include in their, even their email signature, the pronouns that they prefer to use to refer to themselves. My pronouns are she, her. Um, it, I think the, 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 if there was any rule is to do our best not to exclude people. Mm-hmm. So if I am a transgender person, do I want to be referred to as a woman or a man? Do I, do I want this to be a more fluid conversation? Does it matter? Mm-hmm. You know, it, to certain people, including gender in the conversation is really important. And to certain people, it's really important not to include it. Mm-hmm. When you're dealing with the an issue such as gender, which has created a, a systemic um, oppression, mm-hmm. it's really, I think it's really important to do everything you can to recognize the oppression, the ism, and also um, make sure that people know that it's a safe space that you're speaking into that acknowledges the ism and will also honor their own personal experience of it. Yeah, yeah that, that was exactly what I was thinking. I guess to answer your question, Christopher, that what came up for me is there's almost this more empowered way of being around having using the words diversity and power and rank and culture. It like gives a space. When you have the intention of using those words, it gives this like safe space to have that conversation and to call people forth in this like essence-based place. But when I hear like the isms, you know, they're very much like disempowered. It's like sexism, racism, you know, you 
almost instigate. So I kind of feel like if you're intentional with it, like if you're trying to get people to see their blind spots and you want to intentionally use the words, they can see their own trigger and then they can work that out and then get aware of this is what may come up in your space. But I would say intentionality and one feels way more empowering to talk about diversity and rank and culture than it were to be sexism, racism, and, you know, all the other isms. So what does a normal, regular person on a day-to-day communication do? Do we start including on our email signature lines, like, here's my telephone number, here's my fax. That's right, I said fax uh, information, and here's my email, and uh, here are my gender pronouns? Like, is this, a, is this an aware move forward for coaches everywhere, or are we just going to get laughed out of Goldman Sachs when we put that in? It's, it's a great question, and this is part of what um, my intention in bringing to ACTO this year is I was hearing it from a lot of coaches and a lot of coach trainers. They wanted to make a difference. They wanted to bring this in their coach training, and they just didn't know where to start. Yeah. They didn't know um, how to create safe spaces. They didn't know how to bring it into their curriculum to you know, include it in their staffing practices. And um, I think there's there's so many things to do that sometimes it can get overwhelming and i think uh if you if i can give some advice or a place to start yes madam president being being open Mm -hmm. recognizing that you don't know what someone else's experience is and to practice hearing them not through the lens of your own experience but through their experience what um, yeah what actions if any are uh, are you taking over at acto to include more people to increase the diversity of coaching coach training mm-hmm. and the accessibility of it if you are yeah it's it's actually my my big mandate platform this year as president and I built some longevity into it so it's not just one year mm-hmm. but I physically went out and asked people to be on the board who were not previously on the board that looked different than me from different parts of the world uh, India Turkey uh, African Americans I'm Canadian I just need to ask were there any old white guys invited they were they were already there. Okay. So How I dare didn't you. need to. I didn't need to uh, intentionally invite them. So <laughs> we have a full board this year, which is the first time in my time at Acto that we do, um, and it's because I focused on making sure, as much as I could, that there was diversity on the board, and that's one place to start. And all of the committees this year have been given the mandate to ensure that this is the lens they're looking through. So the education committee, making sure we have diversity in the speaker lineup and talk topics. Our conference next year, which is going to be in Victoria, June 12th to 14th, it will have a theme around, uh, I believe it's gonna have tapestry in the name. We haven't finalized, finalized it yet, but um, disrupting conversations, honoring conversations, and diversity is going to be the theme of the conference. Also an amazing Carol King album. From the decade you were born, uh, yes. let's let's go back a step. So June twelfth to the fourteenth in Victoria, Canada, Victoria, yeah. British Columbia. Forgive me. Uh, mm-hmm. There's going to be a conference for ACTO. Who's that for? Who should attend? Should Clarice come? Anybody who 
I believe it's for anybody. I mean, the the our members are coach trainers and educators. However, we always invite other coaches who don't necessarily have an interest in training, but it's a fantastic conference for um, being at the cutting edge of the coaching profession because we're talking about things that we are leading the profession. We are creating the profession. So our speakers, um, the community is always cutting edge. So, and I know that there will be other professions there as well. Social work, sociology, okay. educators, mm-hmm. um, all around this theme of diversity because other fields are further ahead than we are in coaching uh, on this topic. So it's it's going to be a little bit of everybody this year. Great. So nobody, no minimum requirements, just get thee to no. the conference. If you're and interested in diversity. Yeah. When, is, when is registration open? Um, it is technically open right now. But um, we are going to be having some offers that go out for early registration and things like that. So, um, so you don't recommend that we register yet? <laughs> <laughs> well, Wait for keep, the your offers. Eye, keep your eye on the ACTO website for information about, about that. And the website, again, is ACTO Online. That's A-C-T-O-O-N-L-I-N-E dot O-R-G. What do you want to talk about, Ms. Clarice? What's interesting, of interest to the young coach, the up-and-coming coach, the new coach, especially around coach training issues? I really am really standing by that, that standard piece. Like, it's every time I have a conversation with someone who markets or wants to be my marketer, they have this, like, why aren't you training more people? And it's like, whoa, no, I invested in a very rigorous and prestigious company to train me. And how many other people are just out there just training to make the extra dollar? Uh, the rise of the of the uh, amateur trainer. Yeah. Because they can say, hey, you know, pay me more money. Or yeah. That sort of thing. So I this feels really important to me, you know, maybe the millennials or maybe my generation or, you know, whatever it is, to those individuals who may be listening to get standardized, to have a governing body, to have someone, you know, go do the thing, go teach the trainers if you want to. But like, this feels huge. And I would have never even thought to consider it. I don't have a desire to train trainers, but you know, how many others out there are and, you know, are producing subcar teachers. One of the things that, uh, and you know, you, you don't talk about these things except in very vague terms. So I will say that one of the things that I was exposed to when I was working with the ICF on their ethical review board is uh, coach training organizations that were sort of what you're talking about, like either lacked substance or in one case was sort of a, there was a, a celebration at this one coach training organization that involved a lot of alcohol nudity mm-hmm. and then whatever happens when people are drunk and mm-hmm. naked and i um you know i was astounded to find out that these things were happening under the aegis or in the name of coach training have you in acto been uh, effective in or aware of this sort of like um amateur or uh, subpar training out there or sometimes like completely wicked stuff that's masquerading as training and if so what are you doing about it or what can one do about it if they're aware of such things um i, I wasn't aware of that particularly uh, <laughs> that story um well you I, and i should have a drink what sometime. articles are you reading <laughs> so but one of the things that we are in 
regular communication with the ICF, and I've um, managed to also um, strike up a relationship with the president of EMCC this yeah. year. Great. And um, I think that if you remember, not so long ago, the ICF had uh, no bar for entry to the ICF. So you didn't need any hours of training. There was no real, um, to be an ICF member, you basically needed to pay your 200 bucks. And that's what it took. And then they decided maybe three years ago that um, they are needed to be, you needed to have 60 hours of training in, in order to call yourself an ICF member. Um, so it was sort of this open door, open arm policy for a long time to be a member, not to be a school, but to be a member. And I think that in their maturation as an association, they have now reached an age where they, they wanted to make sure that members could say that there was a perceived benefit in being a member. And so they started to, they created a bar. And so ACTO is at that point right now where to this point we have been open arms uh to anybody can be any school can be a member of active yeah and what we've noticed is that we don't get those <laughs> we don't get those um you know 59.99 spend a half day on a saturday training organizations and and i think that it was the same philosophy that icf used is that welcome people in open arms so that they can see what it means, in our case, to be an accredited school, to see the advantages of being part of an association like ICF or EMCC, and how it enhances your training, how it increases your marketability, um, your ethic, eth your performance, your standards. And so what happens is that people come in, we buddy them up with another school who has been in the coach training world for a long time, and they say, hmm, what are those guys doing over there? Wow, they're kind of successful at what they're doing and they're producing really, really high quality coaches. I want to do that. All right. So, I'm going to yeah. out myself. I don't know what EMCC is and we keep talking about it. I'm so sorry. It's the Euro European Mentoring and Coaching Council. Great. So it's okay. basically the same thing as the ICF, but in Europe. Oh, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. So... Um, I think it's through association with other members that people are finding out what it means to be a coach training school. Mm -hmm. And we are just now, as a board, deciding on what the minimum standards are to be an ACTO member. So similar to what ICF did with creating a number of hours, we are deciding, well, you have to be a member. Do you have to be a member of the ICF, the MCC? There's also the IAC which is more predominant in Europe, um, sorry, Asia. Um, okay. You know what? We're, we're going to interrupt you partly because there's so much background noise. This was a horrible idea to have this conversation today while you're having. Um, so don't do any more uh, interviews uh, from oh, that place while they're doing that, there's okay? There's still a lot of value in content. There's a it? ton of value. I've just, <laughs> I can't listen to her because there's so much noise in the background. So Hallie, in short sound bites. <laughs> oh my gosh. So that we're not distracted. I'm not wrong. You're though. distracted. It's okay. Yeah, I'm not I'm wrong. I'm into it. Really? You like the. I'm like holding on to every word. This is good stuff. But I, maybe my attention span's a little longer than yours. How dare you? <laughs> 
Um, Hallie, if you, uh, you know, one of the things that I so admire when somebody like you gives of their time, you've been uh, in charge of things over at the ACTO, you've participated as a member. When, when did you decide, okay, I need to become the president here? And how is it going? From a personal perspective, are you are you achieving what you wanted to achieve? Is it a lot more herding cats than you expected? What's your experience <laughs> as president? And I suppose there's a follow-on question there, but we've only got a few minutes left, about what will you consider to have been an effective or successful presidency? Um, I think that I, uh, I have a lot of admiration for the other people who also are donating their time and being on the board and a lot of the work at ACTO gets done at the committee level and the board we tend to be the clearinghouse and support for the work that's getting done in the committees and um, I think that there's been for me because my agenda is all about diversity and power and privilege and rank and things like that <clears throat> I have been both pleasantly surprised by the support from certain um, directions and also surprised, wow, that, that works out. So certain surprised by um, the, I think just lack of um, experience in others, in other areas. So it's been a, it's a, so far we've just getting going on the year it's been a fascinating experience to see and, and we're as a profession we're representative of probably most of our society so we're, we're not any different than the rest of the world um, and in that sense you know depending on who you decide to hang out with in your life you're going to get a real range of and that's been my experience in all the work that I've done in this realm is that it's it's a spectrum and it's a range and that's why it's so important to be open to oh they just haven't seen this before they just mm -hmm. haven't heard this before mm -hmm. or oh wow they've they've done a lot of work I can learn something from them and just being really aware and open that um, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of experience to be gained and there's a lot of experience to bestow and so being open to all the different resources that we have uh, on the world scale is has been amazing and making connections and like I said we're just we're just getting started and in terms of what will be a success for me for the year um, the goal is to support schools in opening this conversation and bringing more awareness to the idea of diversity in their coaching in their training and also most importantly that our coaches get trained in how to have these conversations mm -hmm. that so far have been taboo for most of them how do we allow our clients to come to the table as their full selves mm -hmm. when we don't know how to have the conversations ourselves we don't know how to look at our own bias and privilege so it's do the work first themselves and bring that to the training and bring that to their coaching so that to me is the end goal and anything we can do to support the schools in as I said, they don't know where to start. Great. Let's start. Yeah, let's start somewhere. Uh, we're down to our last moment together. Uh, what would you like to leave us with today? What's your parting thought or parting shot that you'd like several thousand coaches to hear? Um, I think that just the, if this is something that they haven't thought about, um, 
like what are my what are my privileges where am i marginalized everybody has that and i think doing your own work um is critical because you bring all of that into every coaching conversation that you have and your clients similarly will have their own lenses and so very much the work that we do all the time and this is just another flavor of it is to also look at the lenses we're looking through in terms of power privilege rank culture and how that might be affecting our coaching conversations it's a great place to start do your own work and be and being oh her yeah, thing her microphone cuts out when there's sound comes up uh man I want to know what she said. Can we turn that music down and see <laughs> if she can? Can you finish your thought? We cut you off in yep. inadvertently. Oh. No, we can't. Okay. Well, what a cliffhanger! <laughs> <laughs> we'll have it. We'll have it for you next time. Show Thanks for brought listening. To you by Accomplishment Coaching, home of the world's finest coach training program. That's all for today's edition. We will talk to you next week. <laughs>